On a Monday morning in January 1979, Brenda Spencer started shooting from her house into the primary school across the street, killing two adults and injuring eight children and a policeman. When asked why she was shooting, Brenda declared, I don't like Mondays. 26 years later, Brenda Spencer is entitled to parole. We were granted exclusive access to her hearing and discovered that behind the eerie detachment of her original statement are now dark allegations about a seemingly ordinary suburban family. Witnesses say a lone gunman walked onto the campus at Stockton's Cleveland Elementary School and opened fire with a machine gun. At the time, four to five hundred first, second and third graders were playing during their lunch period. When the rampage was over, five students lay dead, a teacher and more than 30 students were injured, more than half of them critically. One bystander said it sounded like a gun battle, then suddenly this car was ablaze and the suspect was dead from a self-inflicted bullet wound to the head. Uh, yeah, we should be good to go. I've got my notes pulled up over here, what little bit they are for it. I found a fucking documentary on Tubi. <laughs> about, it was called, um, I Don't Like Mondays. And it actually, I mean, there was like, dude, her dad is fucking weird. Like, I don't, I, I don't like the way that the, the documentary was. It really tried to put her off as, you know, more the victim than I think she really was in the whole ordeal. But I mean, I get more into it. But speaking of things I watched, man, I, I watched the new Beavis and Butthead season. <laughs> Have you seen that yet? No. Um, it's actually really, really fucking good, dude. Um, <laughs> they, they matured them just a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, they use, there's still music videos, but they also use like TikTok videos and stuff now. And that's, that, they did really, really good. Van Dreesen wears one of those drug rug sweaters, <laughs> but they, they still look the same. You know, they're still the same beavis, but they just, and Butthead's a little bit more like, uh, morose. <laughs> but mm. it, it's they did really really good with it, man. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of a difference in the uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe or whatever the heck that was. Yeah, yeah, and those those like alternate universe Beavis and Buttheads, they're in like they're one of the ep like the last episode of the season. It's like we like this one where they actually grew up, and here we'll show you. And it's like an episode of like middle aged Beavis and Butthead. They're pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It's <laughs> well, I mean, they had to grow up a little bit. I mean, with all the TikTok it's stuff that you get on there, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's, it's good that the next generation gets a little taste of, you know, what we had. Yeah, yeah. And it, it didn't get stagnant, you know, and they they brought it into the modern time really good. <laughs> you don't you don't see them on any cell phones because they're too stupid, but there are cell phones around. <laughs> but yeah there's hipsters in it and shit they did they did fucking awesome with it uh but yeah that's uh that, that's my new thing for the week hopefully after we're done here tonight i'm gonna watch the uh the new lord of the rings thing there's two episodes of it out i try to get through them he just faded out on me for some reason i don't know if you moved reached for something or what uh, i did i moved for a second 
Yeah, yeah, you got got to remember, bro. You got to caress that microphone. Well, I mean, you know, you it, it hasn't paid me yet. <laughs> got to whisper sweet nothings in its ear. Anybody want the dick sucked by a towel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on heroin. I don't care about anything. <laughs> uh, Stoner's Point podcast is the use of heroin. No, but we're all for the you know legalization of prostitution, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm for the legalization of heroin, just not the use of. <laughs> <laughs> At least by yeah, those that are uh, underage or prone to uh, any kind of habitual habits forming uh, tendencies. There, you know, you might want to steer clear. If you're dying of can- if you're dying of cancer, heroin might be the way. Other than that. <laughs> Other than that, there's there's better ways to enjoy your day. Some of them involve drugs, but none of them none of them really involve hair. Just remember everything in moderation. Well, I think uh, Aldous Huxley said it best: the uh, the road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. <laughs> well, you never know where your limits are until you push them. That's true. That's true. And speaking of pushing limits, uh, we are going to be talking about what I thought was actually two shootings at the same school. It actually turned out to be two shootings at different schools with the same name. Um, but I mean, they're they're interesting in and of themselves. One of them is a, you know, it's it's kind of iconic. Um, I don't, had you ever heard about the 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 first one, Mike? Uh yeah, it, it it comes up when you you start reading into you know the different shootings and stuff. Simply, I think simply because she was one of the first female shooters and one well, of the few female the, shooters around. That, she was the first school shooter. Yeah, the very first actual school shooting that's a non-college. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like there was this. A lot of people didn't like it, I guess, but I actually always loved it. But uh, Bob Geldof and the Boomtown Rats did a song called "I Don't Like Mondays." based on her yeah i'd never heard the song before but yeah i sent it to you the other day didn't i uh i think so but you know you know me you know squirrel moments and you know <laughs> modern technology oh you mean touching a picture with your finger <laughs> you know if the traveling bard doesn't come around with his lute and start singing it from the tree branches i probably haven't heard it <laughs> <laughs> you know me man i'm stuck in the caveman days it's <laughs> a coin to your co-host yeah, <laughs> yeah it was uh it was what 16 years old with a freaking little tiny 22 yeah so the thing is um all right so as everybody figured out we're going to talk about the cleveland elementary school shootings today Part of an overall ser- like longer series on rampage mass shootings. So, yep, this will be your mini sub number three. Yeah, the so one that shows some inclusivity was, because now her, we're talking she about asked a woman. Her dad, she asked her dad for for Christmas, right? She asked her, her dad to give her a, uh, a a radio. She wanted a radio, and he found out that like she had been. Like the, the the counselor had called her mom 
and told her mom that she thinks that her daughter was suicidal and he gets wind of this so he gets her a gun for christmas yeah that um, was kind of <laughs> fucked up wasn't it hey you want to off yourself here let me help they were already living there was already some fucked shit going on there they uh lived in the house it was just him and her and they slept together on the same mattress and like the and you know dirty old mattress on a, they had barely any furniture in the house they basically you know um their allegations of sexual abuse um and you know haven't haven't actually seen an interview with her dad i can't rule it out i i, I didn't get a look at him and think that's a the fine upstanding young that's a fine upstanding man right there that's a i i'll get that image and her mother also was like she she knew something was wrong but she never really pressed the matter. So, I, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I, I saw an interview from her from back in. She, she was on all kinds of drugs at the time, and yeah, yeah. there's, there's, so there's one interview she did when she had kind of like a mullet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she had like the best. She had, she had the mullet from uh oh god iconic eighty style, bro. Yeah, like Joe Dirt <laughs> style, man. It was. It was like a Joe Dirt mullet. But, I mean, it was the king of all mullets. And she was like, yeah, she said she was like, had been drinking whiskey and smoking pot with PCP in it. And she started hallucinating. And, well, what it, it thing is, though, they did a toxicology on her when they arrested her for, for the shooting we're going to get into eventually, I promise. Um, and she came back clean. <laughs> like she had no drugs in her system. She what hadn't been drinking. She, I think she was pretty well aware of what she was doing. Uh, we can, we'll get it later to like her possible motives and shit like that. Um, I think I'm going to title this one: uh, uh, "The Cleveland School Elementary Shooting: The Mother of All Mondays," yeah, or maybe the word, or or someone's got a case of the Mondays. That might be it. Yeah. <laughs> so. January 29th, 1979, Cleveland Elementary School in San Diego. Um, 16-year-old Brenda Spencer uh, basically takes her, takes her gun, little 22 rifle, and uh, starts shooting across the street at the school. Like, she lived directly across the street from, like, the entrance to the school. And all the, parent, all the kids and their parents were like lined up at the gate waiting for the principal to come unlock the gate. And when that happened, you know, they're all kind of bottlenecked there. So she just starts firing off shots. Um, she, uh, she injured eight children. Uh, the first one she hit was a nine-year-old uh, Cam Miller. And the reason she went after him for, or yeah, she went after him first was she was wearing, he was wearing her favorite color, blue. Um, she shot and killed the principal as they were trying to like help. She killed a janitor, Mike Sukar, Sutar, as he was trying to save a kid. Um, she ended up firing 36 times and herself in the house. And while it was all going on, a, uh, a reporter from the San Diego Tribune had, was, had started like randomly like kind of drunk dialing all the phone numbers in that neighborhood to try to find her house. And when she finally got, when that reporter finally got hold of her, she told the reporter, reporter that she had shot at the school children and the adults because, quote, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. She also told uh, the negotiators 
that the ones she had shot were easy targets and that she was going to come out shooting. Um, and these statements come up all the time. Uh, get paroled or whatnot, which has come up a few times. Um, they always bring up, hey, you remember when you said you, you killed these people because you didn't like Mondays? <laughs> and it's always like, oh. No, oh, she's yeah. all like, you know, no, no, no. They were they they were uh, commando types. Yeah, that's yeah, what, that's what yeah, they were. They were commandos coming to, out of the weeds. That was one time she tried. That was one thing she tried. But like I said, that that's when she, that's also during that same interview where she claimed she was high on every drug known to man, and she had no drugs known to man in her system. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so later on, she blamed use and that she was like trying to trying to kill herself. And, you know, my argument is, well, you were pointing the gun the wrong fucking way. Uh, right. That's, that's not how that works. <laughs> now, but she also was a six, she was a child who was likely being sexually abused, had been through some shit. Um, had, you know, she had kind of a rough go of it. And she was clearly depressed and suicidal. So she wasn't in her right frame of mind. So maybe. There's a little bit, yeah, it's it's worth considering on some things. Um, ultimately, though, the only reason they end up, the only reason, the way they end up getting her out of the house was they kind of like dangled some 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 Burger King. <laughs> like they, they promised her some Burger King. She was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Thing. And they were like, but she, she, she didn't even appear to be intoxicated. I believe that she was stone cold so yeah, when I seen when they were walking her out to the the house, she seemed to be uh, you know, fairly you know stable and you know aware of yeah, her surroundings. Yeah, to me she just looked. To me she just kind of like a, an emo kid. Yeah, you you're know? fading out there. Uh, yeah, to me she just looked like an emo kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and they were. I was documentary. I was watching. They're talking about like just look at her with that stringy red hair. She's got this dead look in her face. It's like, well, she's probably in a little bit of shock. Like she just, you know, killed a couple of people and shot a bunch of kids. Like she's she's going through some shit. Something's going on. But the hell the DA was like, look at those. That's, that just looks she just looks insane. She just looks we just can't ever let her out. She just looks crazy. Look at those eyes. You know, she sounded like uh, Dr. Loomis talking about Mike Myers on Halloween, you know. Like it's and it wasn't. She was just like this kind of she was a disturbed 16-year-old girl who really just needed help. And she didn't get help before she started shooting at people but i mean she damn sure didn't get yeah. no help afterwards either apparently she her trial was an in and out kind of a thing apparently during the interviews they just handed her a piece of paper saying here sign this or something along those lines and it was basically her admitting guilt to first degree murder yeah <laughs> cops are good for that shit oh absolutely <laughs> um, um yeah we'll have scared to little it. teenage girl hey you sign this everything will be all right we'll have to get into the west memphis three one day <laughs> but yeah it was and now she's in there for her entire freaking life well um, they from gave 16 years old 25 yeah 25 to life for a fucking 16 year old dude but that being said it, she wasn't a 16 year old who stole who stole a car she was a 16 year old who shot children and killed two adults yeah, um, which means now, it should be a little more serious. Yeah, granted, that's way more serious of a crime, but you're still talking about a 16 year old. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, they should. Like, she was charged as an adult. 
but because of her age, they were they she avoided the death penalty. Had she been a couple of years older, they would have put her out. Yeah. But um So yeah. let's not care about her age for the original sentence, but let's do care about her age when it comes to actually executing the sentence. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like and her did she should she have been put away? I think she should have been um she should have been definitely hospitalized, you know? Um maybe put away you know, as a part of that, you know, maybe like a, a prison hospital type thing, a men- mental institution. Hell, that's where fucking uh, Charles Manson finished out his sentence with a fucking prison hospital. And, uh, <laughs> man, so he, she, they, I think they should have done that rather than put her in prison. Um, she ended up developing epilepsy. Um, so she got started getting medication for that. She get a, got a job working in the prison, working on like radios and shit, electronic equipment. Um, her, her, all her parole things. Every time she goes parole, she she gets put down for it. Um, and she's tried every story under the sun, you know. Uh, to you know, she tried the drug thing, she tried the sex abuse thing, but then you know she ended up like she she scratched the words courage and pride into her own skin. But she said that during her parole hearing, so I know that's not what it says. She's like, it's it says unforgiven and alone. And it's like, it's, he's still a 16-year-old emo kid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's what's going on here. She, fucking, she needed help. Now she's be an old woman for too long. Shit. But still, man, I, and rather than locked her up, they should have put her away and some, maybe got her some help. She might have been able to come out of it okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, did you hear about her dad remarrying? No, so I didn't look into into up, her actual family very much. Except when, her, while she was locked up, she had a she had a seventeen year old cellmate, right? And the cellmate gets out and meets up with her dad, and then her dad gets the cellmate of hers pregnant, and then they have to get married. And yeah, <laughs> so that just just a just a little thing on on her dad. You know, when we were talking about like you know I can't rule it out. Well, that's one of the things I. I can't rule it out. And the, the girl he apparently, like, that looked at her, what her old cellmate, like, looked apparently, like, a lot like her. Like, to the point that um, a detective, uh, after the after his, her cellmate moved in with her dad, a detective, like, called the DA saying, what the hell is Brenda doing out? And they were like, oh, no, that's not, that's not Brenda. But, I mean, hell, a detective on the case. Like, hey, that's, why is she out? Why is she out now? Well, that's weird as fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like that, and I didn't see until, until I watched that documentary, and I was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> that is fucking crazy." That is definitely crazy. Holy shit! You know, first off, you want to get your daughter killed by buying her a rifle when you think she's suicidal, and now you want to marry her. What? Yeah, but they they they, they tried like tried to make it look like you know, look at her. Look at her. She's she's a psychopath. She's crazy. She's insane. Just look at that stringy red hair and that pale skin. It's like, okay, so she's a ginger. <laughs> it was you definitely know? something off. I mean, you you don't just point a rifle out the window and start pulling the trigger just because, you know, as she said, you know, it was a Monday. She kind of has that autistic look. You know? <laughs> like, just a little bit autistic. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they tested her or whatnot and found out she was, like, somewhere on the spectrum. Um, Isn't everybody nowadays? Well, 
to a certain extent, I guess, but she she has a lot. I bet she had a lot of the fucking markers for it because she has that kind of affect when the when she when they're talking. You know, she has that that kind of affect about her. Yeah, she, she definitely does. I watched that uh, interview for her when she was trying to blame it all on the PCP and that she really feels feels guilty that she hopes she didn't scar anybody for life and they were actually the victims were able to get on with their lives and you know make something of it and yeah I didn't buy none of that really I don't believe she actually has any like real remorse for it I think she has remorse for the life her own life that she kind of lost but at the same time she's been in prison now longer than she's been out of prison yeah I actually you know? feel bad about that and I mean it's yeah it's, and for a sixteen-year-old to do something as even as horrible that was, I mean, she's 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 definitely been incarcerated long enough, and unless we can find some other reason that she is actually a danger to society. Yeah, and that's a lot of people like the DA and all that were on that documentary were harping on the fact that she's still a danger to society. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at her, you know, and this was in like 2009, I think. So yeah, I'm sitting there looking at her, and I'm like, she. She might be, but what you you have nothing to base that on. There was that one thing, and it was a horrible thing, but it was one event. And hell, and, now and the they, she just came up the, uh, last month for her uh, her last parole, and now it's going to be another three years before she can come up again because they said, "All right, we're going to do it now." But it's a three year for if you want to take this hearing now, you got to wait three years for your next one, and they denied her. So it'll be another three years before she has another chance. And to look at her now, there is no way that woman is a danger to anybody but herself. No, man. And, you know, she, and with treatment, like I feel like they could they could let her out with like a an ankle monitor or some shit, and like mandatory treatment. She has to go see a psychiatrist or whatever. Like there are things they could do to kind of keep an eye on it. I don't I don't think she should be locked up the rest of her life. Yeah, I think they should have done that back in the 90s after she actually spent 20 years in there. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, uh, But there were people out there. There was people on the doctor being like, well, if they let her out, I'm going to go find my guns and get them together and load them up, and I'm going to just do what I got to do and carry them around with me. It's like, well, dude, if you're that fucking scared, move. You know, like. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're that scared, carry your gun. You know, and if she comes lunging at yeah. you, shoot her ass. You know, whatever. But what you know, you... don't stop her from living her life because you're scared to live yours. Yeah, it's like I understand everybody lost somebody. You know, during it. I, hell, we might have. I, I doubt it. Well, at least at this point, I'm sure we don't. But there might be listeners that have family members or something that was affected by it. Oh but, yeah, and in, in no way am I saying that it was justified and she yeah. should have been let go. I'm just saying that yeah, I think she spent more than the 25 years that she's supposed to have spent, and I know it said oh, two life, but come on, we're talking about a 16 year old that did something stupid. Yeah, for I mean, we don't know why, back, but even but if she did just why? jump up and say "fuck it," I'm going to kill people today. That was something stupid, teenage bullshit. That was kind of what it was. I feel like I, yeah. I don't think that I. I don't think I don't like Mondays was really a reason. I don't. I think she said that because she didn't have a reason. She was and just she being was a just trying to be ass. a flip. Exactly. She was a little goth kid being a smartass. Yeah. So I mean, to, she did something horrible, and yes, she should have been put in some kind of incarceration. And hopefully, she got mental health and all that as well. Well, the prison's mental health system ain't, ain't great. <laughs> no, it's not, but I mean, talking to somebody is better than absolutely nothing. Agreed, agreed. And they do actually have, um, 
And I, it doesn't say it. I at least not, I could find it doesn't say that she's getting any kind of like treatment for like mental health or whatnot. But she is receiving medication for her epilepsy and her depression. Yeah. Um, so but that's they, that's it. But yeah, I, um, I, I, yeah, I just say I, I think I think a kid spent enough time. She's actually an old woman now, so let her at least have some sort of you know freedom yeah, let, before let she dies. <laughs> she, she, yeah, there, she's there's pedophiles that get out in less time. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. There's people who there's there's pedophiles that murdered multiple children that did less time than that. <laughs> It's happened. Yeah, I'm not taking um, away from anybody's pain or anything like that, but I, th- I no, think she's no. pa- I think she's paid for it. Yeah, like give give her give her a chance to come out and at least you know maybe die die in die in the sunshine a little. Yeah. Uh, but well, that's uh, Brenda Ann Spencer and the Grover Cleveland Elementary School shooting of 1979 in San Diego. And uh, Mike, what you got on the 1989 one? Uh, ha, ha, yeah, 1989. Uh, this one was a little bit farther north um, up in yeah. Stockton, California, but it does have the same name. Instead of Grover uh, Cleveland, this is Cleveland Elementary. Um, it, it's only about 200 miles north, but uh, <laughs> close enough. But yeah, this this was you know uh, a fairly strange one, and it has a couple of uh, interesting little uh, side notes to it that uh, until the 90s, th- until 1999, when uh, Columbine actually happened, sad as that is, um, this one that we're getting ready to talk about had the highest number of fatalities and injuries of the time. It is still, well, it is, it can't be beaten now, the highest of the 80s. Uh, sadly, there were more <laughs> than one. Um, yeah, but there were many. But yeah, this this fellow, um, what was his daggone name? Uh, Patrick Purdy. Yeah, Patrick Purdy. Um, twenty four year old, I think, when he did this, if I'm remembering right. I can't, can't scroll down fast enough here. Um, but yeah, You're scrolling. Yeah, man, trying to join in <laughs> with, the, with with the the latest generation here. Damn. Yeah. When he says scrolling, he's actually got a. A paper scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scrolling back, yeah. <laughs> He's moved it out of the papyrus, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, at least I used the right term this time, you know? <laughs> it's the same thing, same thing. Um, yeah, but uh, this guy, he... for uh, Let's just say, that, uh, let's, let's back up and let you know who we're dealing with here. Um, yeah, he was a 24-year-old. He, he was kind of a drifter around town. Uh, he really didn't have much of a background, uh, no friends or family really to speak of too much. Um, he did learn how to do some welding, but he had trouble finding a job as, as a fabricator or even as general labor in some of these shops and stuff. Uh, never really had a job to the point where anybody really knew him all that much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, his father... Well, he kind of came... He kind of came from came from fuck ups and just remained so. He just carried that curse along. Uh, yeah, his dad was in the army. Never really made anything of himself. Um, and him and his mother, uh, his father and mother, you know, got up with uh, filed for divorce after uh, husband threatened to kill her with a firearm. Um, and then they moved. When he was like sixteen or seventeen, his dad actually was killed. Um. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did see something in it. I was trying. Yeah, to he he made he made himself into 
he made himself into roadkill. Yeah. Um. Let's see what was this here? Yeah, the family filed a wrongful suit death for that after being struck by a car in '81. Uh, tried yeah. to get six hundred thousand dollars in damage, but it got dismissed. Yeah, that's yep. where that was. Um, but yeah, it was. The, the, they'd gotten separated, uh, and then after all that crap, uh, the, apparently the father had tried to sue for, for uh, custody and actually got. Um, um, yeah, what the hell, Patrick's uh, got custody of Patrick. <laughs> I'm looking at different names. I'm trying to make sure I get the, the, the actual names in the right spot. You know, I ain't trying to make sure we know who the mom and dad is because that's not who we're talking about here. Um, but, yeah, Patrick <laughs> got put in custody of his father, which, you know, who was kind of a, a, an ass apparently for, you know, threatening to kill the mom and his wife with, uh, yeah. a, a, gun, with you know. a gun. Yeah, so, yeah, not the kind of person that you want to actually put a kid into service uh, – of there, um, uh, and he actually went to this to uh to the Cleveland Elementary School in Stockton from kindergarten up to through second grade. Yeah, and lived right down the road back when they were a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he actually lashed out at his mom. Yeah, one time, um, after he had called fucking child services to uh. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was yeah, trying to say he was abusing him. Um, you know, he actually struck his mom, got banned out of the house, lived on the streets before being placed into foster care, and then got put back into custody of his father. Um, yeah. And then while he was in school, he got you know, hooked on alcohol and drugs. You know, and then his father got hit by the car, and that that incident happened when they lost the the, the suit because you know apparently it was they found out it was you know some some funny business there. Um, yeah, he was homeless after that and he got put back into foster care and then he got out of that and, you know, he was trying to make his own little kind of deal. Um, something about, Hey, he got locked up when he was a kid, when he was you know, for carrying BB guns and possession <laughs> yeah, of marijuana when he was 12. And, uh, when he was, um, let's see, it was 1982. So he was in like. He was like 16 or 17. He got busted for pot. And the next year he got busted for illegal weapon and stolen property. Yeah. So you're talking about your basic hood rat type. Person. Yeah. And then the next year, dude, every year, he, the next year he's in an armed robbery. He does 32 days in jail. Yeah. For armed robbery. <laughs> what the fuck is with that, dude? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, the last person we talked to just 10 or, years ago was still in prison for, you know, shooting people. And, you know, now he, he, he goes in with an armed robbery and, you know, he gets 32 days. Then <laughs> <laughs> he was arrested for firing a, a, a weapon in public and shooting, shooting, just shooting trees. That's, that's all. <laughs> um, and then yeah, attempted suicide while he was locked up. Um, there's something in here about him being a white supremacist that never came up in any of the actual documentaries well, I watched during the day. But it so he was carrying here, a so he had really a book know. when he was he was arrested in eighty in in the eight, late eighties. Uh, he was like in some like national forest or whatever. Uh, yeah, El Dorado National Forest. 
he had a book about the whites about white supremacist group uh, Aryan Nations, and he told the sheriff that it was his duty to help the suppressed and yeah, overthrow the suppressor. Yeah. So, it yeah. Um, and if you look, I mean, he, he, he I don't know. He spent. He did a little bit of time in and out of prison, and whatnot. He could have been involved in Aryan Nation. He could have been. Uh, so this is the only mention of it is in this you know, write up here that I have found of that in all of the. And this guy's got a few little videos and you know yeah. documentary things made up of him. And the vast majority say there is no uh, motive known at all, though it is suspected to be racial. Because of one yeah, offhand of comment that he made at one job, saying that you know, it, well, at, at it college, wasn't just that that there were too many Asians. Yeah, and that's that. Those were who all all his victims were Asian, except for himself. Well, it um, just happened to be in a school that had a high percentage of, of Asians. Refugees from like Southeast Asia, yeah, had been put there, and uh, yeah. And um, it was just happened to be the closest school to him. So, but yeah, let's say that he chose that because he did have that thing. I mean, you know, that did come up uh, quite a few times and that he had mentioned that he didn't like the fact there were so many Asians around taking jobs and stuff. Yeah. Even though he couldn't stand even doing the menial jobs that yeah, they were like, doing. What job? So, <laughs> yeah. They definitely ain't taking his, he was giving them away. Um, so yeah, that that was the kind of a person that we're dealing with. Somebody that couldn't even make a friend at work because he couldn't stay at work. Um and he didn't really have that great of a home life. So, you know, he turned into a basic hood rat. Um, and I don't mean that as a racial term. I mean that like like I was when I was a teen, you know, completely unguided, going out and doing stupid shit just because nobody can tell you you can't. And you know, Yeah, and uh eighty eight he wrote about himself. Yeah, I lost he said, hey, am I back? Yeah, you're back, you're back there. All right. So he, in like a hotel notepad in 88, he wrote, he wrote a note about himself saying, I'm so dumb. I'm dumber than a sixth grader. My mother and father were dumb. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy. Well, at least he knew himself. Hardly. <laughs> Was, yeah, that, that that was about that's about who we're talking about here. Um, somebody just had no freaking direction in life, couldn't couldn't pull himself up and and make anything. So looked like he blamed everybody else for his own problems instead of looking inward. And you know what we got as a result is uh, in 1989, September 14th, he uh, uh, shot up a no, it was the 14th. He shot up uh, his former workplace. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, this is you. after the shooting in Louisville. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And this is who is and, uh, pretty much gave him the idea, apparently. Uh, some guy shot up a workplace uh, with an AK, killing eight people and injuring 12 others. And then, you know. Um, oh, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, that, that's what's on here is that he saw this, and this is what gave him the idea to do it. And then on the 17th. Oh, yeah. was inspired by Purdy. This guy jumps into his little station wagon, somehow fills it up full of fireworks, pulls it up in front <laughs> of the school, and lights it on fire, um, which causes it to explode slightly during this uh, event. And he goes up into the school with his uh, Type 56S 
rifle, which is an AK-47 clone. And he had a pistol, and of course he, you know, set his car on fire. And they, he used that as a diversionary tactic so that people would start paying attention to that if he got, you know, busy when. Well, he fired off uh, was 106 rounds in just about three minutes. It was uh, three full mag dumps and a partial fourth mag. Um, well, and he killed five people there, then himself injured 32 more. Um, so total deaths on and injuries on this was you know 38. Um, but man, that is again, this guy's just praying and spraying with a with a, a, a an automatic rifle, a semi automatic. You know, a, you know, this is not a military yeah, yeah. deal. Yeah, he's out like on the playground. Yeah, um, and yeah. they were. Some reports saying up to 300 kids were out there playing at the time when he started spraying into the crowd. Um, and this thing had uh, freedom, victory, and Hezbollah engraved into the rifle. Um, he, he had a jacket that had PLO and you know, Libya and death to the great uh, Satan on the, the jacket. He was had a, a flag with him. He misspelled had, Satan, by the way. Yeah, he, he had Satin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he had a flag that had V for victory, F for freedom, and a bunch of other symbols all over it. I uh, said, so this guy really didn't know what ideology he was wanting to follow. He just you know, grabbed a bunch of stuff. and Libya. I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm dumber than a sixth grader. My parents were dumb. <laughs> I got a purry mouth. Apparently the guy never turned on the TV and listened to one story so he could at least go one direction. Nope, this guy shotgunned all his, you know, <laughs> out there. he had he had an exploding takes. car and that that's weird. Like he had to st- he sat there and lit the car on fire and then just like walked to the playground and it's like what was the purpose of this? Like if you had parked the car around back with like a timer on it to set off while you come around the front or something like that and everybody looks that way, but everybody's looking the way you're coming. Because, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you diverting from? Yeah, I don't know if it was something like, the, you know, maybe to make people think there was a second attack or to whatever there. But, I mean, it was a one of his better ideas, honestly, if it would have if he'd have got away from he it. But he was, it. he was still close to the vehicle when he was shooting. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah. It's, you can't... A diversionary tactic points everybody away from you. Yeah. Not... <laughs> not more look at me yeah yeah more me seeks action there uh but yeah he finally after he you know run out of his it was his last magazine he you know pulled out his pistol and shot himself and you know nobody really knows why he did it but you know racial hatred is you know the 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 main culprit just because of you know a few little things details of his past um, yeah. but, he, but he he left no notes to to say this is what I'm doing or anything like that. He just pulled up at the school, set his car on fire, and started shooting kids <laughs> for some strange freaking reason. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, man. It's like <laughs> Asians are taking my jobs. Let's take it out on the kids. What visitor that came to the school after the shooting? A visitor after the shooting? No. Yeah, so immediately following the shooting. Michael Jackson made a short visit to the school and met with some of the children affected by the event. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what those kids need. Somebody needs to talk to those kids a little bit more. 
<laughs> Man, yeah. That that that's not good. Yeah, I thought the story was bad enough, but Michael Jackson paying a visit afterwards, yeah. Yeah. And then Janet Jackson did a song about it they didn't make. Well, Janet can do whatever she wants to. But she didn't, t- yeah, she, she, you know, there's no allegations out about, you know, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, you know, sub- be like Jared from Subway going to see the kids. I mean, hell, have you but, seen uh, yeah, but he ain't got them sandwiches no more. <laughs> um, and yeah, this attack come out with one lasting thing that I really couldn't stand. Um, and we're still fighting it today. Uh, California actually put out their first assault weapons ban after this. Um, to ban any such military style rifle, trying to do it without banning sporting type rifles. And yeah, it it. It kind of well. They 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 banned importation of assault weapons. Um. Yeah. Yeah. They and, issued and a I, rule lacking, you know, citing a lack of sporting purpose to ban the importation of it because you know, they wanted to ban the assault weapons without banning people's shotguns and rifles that they go out to shoot targets and right, you know. right. So yeah, they did it for for everything else. They they added it on the the import for you know the lack of a sporting purpose for any of these types of weapons. Put a bunch of them on the list, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty rough. And then in '89 in July, the Bush administration made the import ban permanent. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In '94, they did another one, uh, the federal assault weapons ban. Uh, no, that was. Yeah, the Fellows All Weapons Band came in afterwards. And yeah, and Clinton signed another order to ban importation of most firearms. Well, in, the in federal assault China. weapons ban the federal assault weapons ban like expired though. Yeah, it expired in two thousand four. And a quick little side note on that: they say that the assault weapons ban was working to cut down the number of you know shootings. Um, there, there's a little paper trail that lets you know that it had absolutely no effect. I mean, I think our next episode lost you. Uh, our next episodes will show that they had absolutely no effect. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> so. I thought about backtracking a little bit and doing Richard Speck, and I'm like, no, nah, we've we're, we're trying to cover some of the the big the main ones that have kind of shaped what mass shooters are today. You know, like the the, the molds. Yeah, which is why I didn't say we needed to skip these. We realized that they were from different schools instead of having that nice little punch, like two in the same school. Man, that's cool. No, um, but, no, but they both. Yeah, they both have their own story to tell in the history of it. One being the the first school shooting and one of the few female shooters to do, you know, something along that level. And this one being the, you know, at the time, the the, the most deadly and uh, injurious um, that actually resulted in some of the uh, weapons laws that we are still fighting today. Um, or fighting for, depending on which side of the aisle you're sitting on this one. So I think uh, our next one. Ready to jump into Columbine. Yeah, let's get into some of the big ones that really make an impact on people's hearts. Columbine is a good one to get into there. Um, yeah, um, that's going to be that's, – that's, it'll be put out as a mini-sode, but I doubt it will be a mini-sode. It will just be an episode. 
<laughs> yeah, this one's probably, that one's probably going to go a little long. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to try not to do it disservice, but yeah, there are going to be some details that get glossed over just to keep the time short. Remember that, uh, these are just to highlight the, the details that we are not going to be able to cover in the main episode over this entire topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yes, yeah. Um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on uh, Amazon Music, uh, Audible. You can find us on Patreon, uh, where we also have a bonus tier. Um, if you're listening to this before the 6th of September, then you are a patron. Uh, patron? Patreon? Pa- Patreon? You're a guy or a girl who has, who has thrown us money to hear it in advance. Um, but this will be public afterwards, you know. But um, yeah, so we have bonus material. We have uh, you get early releases. Um, you can you can chat with us. You can ask us questions. Of course, you can also ask us questions by emailing us at donorspointpod at gmail dot com. Um, I think I co- oh yeah, we're also on Acast, and I think I covered all the pluggables there. Uh, our intro we're music. On getting into YouTube as well. Um, so you'll be able to find us and leave comments over there uh, anytime. Um, there will be a link coming up. I don't know if it'll be now or sometime in the very near future for our Discord. So if you uh, have anything that you really want to share, but you're worried about uh, the government wanting to or some other you know, high value entity trying to censor or limit what you can speak about, um, our Discord has no such thing. Uh, but I do ask that you uh, limit any kind of uh, outright racial comments to yourself. And remember, we're all human, so let's at least try to act that way when we're conversing with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um definitely that um and uh yeah um if you like our intro music check out uh wickless sky uh i'll post a link to his youtube channel here in the um in the notes and absolutely and don't listen to it on a little itty bitty phone speaker i'm telling you that little tiny thing does not do that stuff justice (laughs) put it on a speak put it on something with a real speaker to it yeah that guy's got some talent he really does, man. He's like multifaceted too. He does like dubstep. He does like rap. Like, granted, like all of his spoken word stuff that I have found has been in Serbian, but it's still pretty dope. Um, but yeah, he does. He he does rock. He does like a, a lot of things. I actually found him years ago when I watched the uh, probably the most horrifying movie of all time, uh, Serbian film. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, if any of our listeners out there have heard that, you know, I'm thinking of starting a support group. For people who have been traumatized by that movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you could just email us at uh, stonerspointpod at gmail.com. And uh, until then, uh, fuck around and find out.